All right, I'm going to try to keep bringing y'all up. Just keep your hand raised. I'm going to keep just trying to press the button. Um, but we're going to get started because I only got a little bit of time in here. The first two questions, you guys, are in the chat. All right. Marcella and Shy Girl, I'm going to try again to bring you guys up as we're doing the questions, okay? And thanks, Eric, for coming, y'all. Um, I'm throwing Eric beneath the bus. Eric, the guy that you see down there, Eric Reed, he is my publisher. If y'all trying to write a book, y'all need to go to him, okay? Um, <laughs> uh, he helped me become a five-time Amazon bestseller. He is definitely somebody y'all want to know. Um, he loves social workers, so definitely follow him. Follow him if you're trying to write a book. He is definitely a person you want to know, okay? He is one of my good mentors, and um, he's a great guy. So definitely, um, Eric, I hope you don't mind me throwing you to the bus, but I am. Eric Reed, he's definitely somebody you guys want to know. All right. Anyway, we're going to get started on these questions. Oh, he in there laughing. <laughs> he in there laughing, but yes, you, you guys want to know him. All right, so we're going to get started on these questions because I can't be in here all day with y'all. All right, so first one. You guys ready? It's in the chat. You're going to have to scroll up just a little bit. The voluntary production and presentation of false or grossly exaggerated physical or psychological symptoms in pursuit of a goal that is obviously recognizable is called. So I'm going to say this one again. The voluntary production and presentation of false or grossly exaggerated physical or psychological symptoms in pursuit of a goal that is obviously recognizable is called A, conversion disorder, B, malingering, C, factitious disorder, D, hypochondrious. All right, so let's first look at A. Are we keeping it or are we going to throw it out? What, what are we doing here? Throw it Throwing out. Throw it out. Oh, I love the unison. We're throwing it out. Yes, yes. All right. What about B? Do we keep it or do we throw it out? Keep it. Throw it out. <laughs> Maurice said throw it out. Okay, we're going to keep it. We got mixed feelings about it. What about C? Factitious disorder. What are we doing? Keep, keep it. it. All right. Hypochondrous. Do we throw it out or do we keep it? What are we doing? Throw it, out. Uh, throw it out. Throw it out. Okay. Now let's look at this because this is an application definitional question, right? So we would have to know what malingering means. We would have to know what factitious disorder means. So it's kind of one of those things that is a black and white answer. So let's look at B malingering. What would make this malingering? Anybody? I don't. I thought it was when you do something to try to get like money. So, um, I, I don't know. I, um, I got I you, Maurice, like, but I don't know. It's not an answer. I'm just saying, but thank you. <laughs> I got to mess with Maurice since he's up here. Go ahead, Miss Bowden. Um, when it says, uh, falsely or grossly exaggerated, um, physical to pursue, like to in the pursuit of a goal. So, I thought mm -hmm. my lingering was. Um, in regards to trying to come up with an excuse to get out of maybe going to court or get out of going to a job. Um, basically, um, when it comes to, I guess, something serious, trying to exaggerate 
exaggerate in a way. I'm trying to put it into good words without talking too much, but you good girl. This is a learning experience. Just talk it through. Yeah, I think that's all I have for now. Okay, very good. I also think it's used like in the medical field. Thank you, Maurice. Miss Banks, which Shayla, what y'all got? Yeah, from what I know, malingering is um, faking a illness for personal gain. If you have that primary, secondary, tertiary gains for uh, malingering. Um, I was thinking malingering because just of the other options. Um, I was trying to like think of the other options because I didn't really know exactly what malingering meant, but I was thinking like it couldn't be the other two that we crossed out, but I'm not sure about um, the new one, the other option that we have on the table. So, All right. Thank you, Ms. Banks and Shayla. Did you input yours? I'm sorry. She did. Oh, yeah, she did. did. Oh, she did? Okay. I thought I was like, I don't even know if I heard um, But let's talk this through. There's one distinct classic symptom that would differentiate both. So malingering is when there is a trade-off. There is a purpose of some type of external gain. So for example, somebody trying to get social security benefits by, you know, fabricating that they have a disability. So there is some type of gain that is taking place. So malingering would be correct. Okay. The other piece here, but let's talk about factitious because a lot of people get these two confused. So malingering think that there is an external gain. With factitious disorder, there is no intent. There's no in, there. There's no concrete benefit. So someone can exaggerate symptoms, but oftentimes it's just they're just lying about symptoms that they have. Like a, a person that's playing the sick role, right? That can be factitious. There was actually a vignette I read where it was a guy who, for 20 years, all he did was in and out the hospital. And when people started to find out that his symptoms were not real, he would tell the staff, "Hey." I have this, but you're saying I don't. So you're not doing your job. So I'm going to go somewhere else. He had a pattern of doing that for 20 years. That's what factitious disorder looks like. For him, he got something out of the benefit of playing that role psychologically of being cared for. But there was no uh, financial benefit or materialistic benefit for him doing that. That would be factitious disorder. Does that make sense? Say that one more time. What the factitious one? Yes. So there with factitious disorder, there is no monetary benefit. Often the person will exaggerate symptoms without an intent for a concrete benefit. Like there's no reason, there's no financial reason. It's the opposite of malingering. So think malingering, the person is exaggerating on false physical or psychological symptoms, but there's a goal. The goal is monetarily or is financially usually, or both. There's no value. Well, there's value for them, but <laughs> but so that's malingering. Factitious is the very opposite. They're just lying 
just to do it. There's no, there's no gain in it. So malingering think there is monetary gain. There is materialistic gain. There's some type of trade-off. Keep it very concrete, very symptom. Factitious is the opposite. Okay. It's very manipulative. However, it doesn't have any type of payoff for what they're doing. Okay. They're opposite of each other. Does that make sense? Keep it very concrete when you're looking at these. Yes, Eric, I love it. He says attentional avoidance with benefits. By the way, Eric is not a social worker. Um, <laughs> but so does that make sense to you guys? Keep it very concrete when you're trying to remember definitional terms. Too much information, not good. The brain can't retain it. Keep it very concrete. Examples help. Because just reading this definition, because it is, it's definition right out the book. It's not going to stick for me. I have to apply a real life example because remember on the exam, masters in clinical, especially, they are going to be testing a definition and sometimes it will be obvious. Sometimes they'll just give you an example of what it looks like and they're going to expect you to recognize it. Memorization is not going to give you very far. Application, first, best, next questions are everything. They're going to expect you to not only be able to recognize it, but can you apply it? Do you know what it looks like? Memorizing does not work. It doesn't. All right. So let's go to the next question. Now, this question is also in the chat. Oh, <laughs> Eric says like friends with benefits. Yes. So during a first interview, young married women, a woman who has recently given birth to her first child, she complains of loss of appetite and an inability to sleep. She seems somewhat disheveled and disorganized, displays a mournful demeanor, and says she feels unmotivated, overworked. The social worker should first A, conduct a safety assessment to assess whether both the mother and child are safe. B, determine the frequency and duration of symptoms. C, record a thorough history. D, provide reassurance now that the client has sought treatment. Now, this is an application question. This is an application question. I report that again because you need to figure out what are they testing for? I'm not gonna say anything yet. I'm gonna save that for the breakdown. All right. So my Siri just kicked in. <laughs> you may have heard her. So with that being said, let's look at A, conduct a safety assessment to assess whether the, both the mother and child are safe. Based on the presenting problem of what's there, do we keep it or do we throw it out? Keep it. Keep. Yeah, keep, keep it. it. Okay. B, determine the frequency and duration of symptoms. Do we keep it or throw it out? Uh, Take it out. Didn't throw it out, but that would be a step. All right, I'm taking B out. What about C? Throw it out. What about D? Throw it out. But throw it out. I mean, we'll keep it too. All right, now we stuck between two. Provide reassurance now that the client has sought treatment and conduct a safety assessment. What are we doing? I, I think um, do it would be something that you can do, but you can always throw that out. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do it first. Yeah. So A would be the first one. 
Well, A is out. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it is gone, y'all. It's gone, gone, gone. It's the first interview, so you would want to you would want to validate her feelings, I guess, first. Oh, well, it'll be D then. Ooh. I ain't see, I ain't know it was first. That's interview. out too. So we're gonna go through this whole thing. Y'all all messed up right now. <laughs> y'all. <laughs> so let's go through this. I was hoping y'all was gonna mess up. I, I love y'all, but I was hoping y'all was gonna mess up this question because if no one does, then there's no point we're gonna have to go into another harder question, right? So again, remember when I said application questions are all about they're looking for testing a theoretical concept this is an assessment question on the master's exam is 28 percent of your exam on the clinical it's about almost your damn whole exam 30 percent and on the bachelor's is about 24 percent according to the SW handbook now during a first interview i'm highlighting that is the first interview why because there is something about the assessment process you need to know what skills are you using there are you building rapport you're connecting with the client you're always assessing them right safety comes up now it's not saying all these answers a through d are wrong but only one should come first now this is a young woman she's recently given birth to her first child she complains of all these different symptoms right so i'm going to note her recent stressor giving birth to her first child so of course a transition has taken place so she seems somewhat disheveled, disorganized, displays a mournful demeanor and says she feels unmotivated, unworked. She's also loss of appetite. She also is not sleeping. Not good. Okay. A, conduct a safety assessment to assess whether both the mother and child are safe. Now, if I'm only eliminating two answers at this point, a, I would keep for now. B, determine the frequency and duration of symptoms. I'm going to keep that for now. C, record a thorough history. I'm going to take that out. I'll explain why in a few minutes. And D, provide reassurance now that the client has sought treatment. I'm going to take that out. Now I'm going to be stuck between two. Conduct a safety assessment, keyword safety assessment. B, determine the frequency and duration of symptoms. Now, if I go back and look at where we are in the assessment process, it's a first interview. There's no suicidality there. There's no homicidality there. There's no reason to do a safety assessment right now. It's a first interview, right? But, a to me would be taken out right now we only have the symptoms loss of appetite inability to sleep disorganized displays a mournful demeanor and she feels unmotivated to work guess what i don't have i don't have how long she's had these symptoms and what is the frequency in order to diagnose you have to have that piece that was missing so i need to determine before anything is done I need to determine how long has she had these symptoms. First, what questions do you guys have about that? It makes sense now that you broke it down like that. Mm-hmm. See how y'all was about to get beside yourself messed up? That is most of your tests right there. 
that is most of your test. The whole time they were assessing your ability to know what is the criteria for diagnosing. Whether you're a master's or clinical or not, that's something you need to know. And this is a very, very good point of knowing the assessment process, what happens in the beginning, what happens in the middle, what happens at termination, what happens at uh, discharge planning and follow-up. Now, in real life, what would you think would come first? Don't get quiet on me now, y'all. From your own experience. Maybe provide reassurance now that the client has sought, well, not even treatment, because that's what TX mean, right? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, TX is treatment. Right. Yeah, never mind. Um, I mean, I guess A would be the first one, right? No? Well, safety wouldn't be an issue here. It doesn't say that. There's no suicidality. She didn't say she was suicidal, nor did she say that she's going to kill herself or her baby. Like, none of that's there. So it wouldn't be the first thing. Now, it's not saying that A and C and D are not good. They just wouldn't be the first thing you would do. Now, in real life, I probably would want to, you know, acknowledge your feelings or connect to her. These are things that I would do in real life, right? Because I do like the fact that you talked about D, providing reassurance now that the client has sought treatment. But this is also a very good, dangerous <laughs> insight about the exam. They are testing book knowledge only, not your experience, not what type of clients you're seeing, not the setting. This is a national exam on every level, okay? You have to take yourself out of it. You have to. Any questions about that? This is a really good, I'm glad I did put this here because I really want you guys to kind of understand how these questions are built. This is an application and it's a recall question at the same time. You're having to know the different steps of the assessment process in order to know what skills you're supposed to be using. However, you're missing the duration which you need in order to give her a proper diagnosis. Most likely it could be depression. We don't know because we don't have, we don't have how long she's had the symptoms. So you can't have a clear diagnostic determination without understanding that. Okay. Yes, Eric, <laughs> saying support systems and treatment history. Yes, all of those things are just as important, but I, I really want people to really understand this question because that is all of your tests right there, especially the masters and the clinical. ASWB, they're not trying to trick you. They're trying to make sure that if you're, you know this knowledge of the fundamental pieces of social work, you should know what it looks like in real time and you should be able to apply it. So again, this is where I tell people memorizing, it doesn't work. You have to know what it looks like. Google was my best friend in using examples of what this looks like. But in this question, all they were testing is, do you know the assessment process? And do you know how to diagnose? What is the missing piece of the puzzle of what you should do first? And you guys all messed, <laughs> skipped over that. But you have a clear, I want to spend a little bit more time on this to make sure you guys have a very, very clear understanding of this. I'm going to check the chat. This is uh, this is not a trick question. Trick question, in reality, none of the other choices. 
It's not a trick question. It is not a trick question. It's a trick question if you don't know how to read the question, if you don't know what type of question it is, if you have the wrong material, you'll have gaps, you'll miss this. So it is not a trick. You got to make sure you I agree it. that it's a trick because you know how people, <laughs> they always say, like, if you see safety, if you see that as an answer, like, go for that. Like, if you see... Thank you, Miss Banks. Um, That's a good point. You brought up a good point. It's not a trick question. You know why? Uh, I'm going to tell you again that why. So you just said if you see safety, that's the one you go for. That's like saying if you see acknowledging feelings, that's the one you should go for. Uh-uh. The, there's a lot of misinformation out there about how to read these questions. There is no easy way. No, I can say this again. There is no easy way to do this. There are no shortcuts. Acronyms do not work. They, you cannot use them for every question. You have to understand what the question is underlyingly, underpinningly testing for, your theoretical knowledge and being able to apply it. That's critical thinking. That is what they're testing on higher level exams. Okay. When you're using strategies to apply to every question, you're going to come into trouble. This is one of them. Okay. So you have to understand how to read it. Who are you in the scenario? What is your role? Who is your client? Is there a description for the client? Are they young? Are they elderly? Are they five? Are they 10? If they give you an age, you need to be able to know cognitively, behaviorally, where they're at. This is a young woman who just gave birth to her first child. What do we know about parents, the family life cycle? That's also applied here. What are the stressors that are applied? You know, these are things that I automatically can apply based on having good study material, based on having a good study guide. There are several of them out there. Um, I wouldn't say they're good, but they have a lot of potholes. Again, if you cannot break down the question, if you don't know what they're testing, you're going to be in trouble. This is a good sign of the type of trouble you will be in if you try to apply strategies to questions. You need to understand not only who you're serving, what are their underlying developmental stages, where are they at? If they're giving you where you are in the treatment process, you better know what skills you're supposed to be applying. You need to know the presenting problem. And the reason why is because if there are similar answer choices, you need to make sure that you don't get caught up in the details. Stick to what they came into you for and then do process of elimination. Now, does it take time to learn how to do that? Yes. It takes practice to do that. But one is making sure you have the right study content to be able to pull it because not every study guide is equal. Okay. Any other questions I can answer for you guys regarding that question? I want to spend as much time as I could with this one because again, that is most of your test right there. Let me skip Banks, you got quiet on me all of a sudden. <laughs> but I'm glad you brought that point up about, you know, strategies, because when people try to apply it, you know, apply strategy to every question, it doesn't work out very well. You got to understand what you're reading, break it apart. Who are you? Who's your client? What's the presenting problem? If it's a diagnostic question, what are the classic symptoms, duration, effective treatment, and medication? Those are things you got to know. And if you don't have the right guide, the right content, the right breakdown, the right structure to navigate your study material, the right practice tests to make sure you can gauge what your weak and strong areas are, you're in trouble. 
I've seen it too many times where people will call me and they're really struggling with how to break down the practice questions, recall, reasoning, mostly reason application, because they either have the raw material or they have gaps in their knowledge, which then makes it tricky because then that tells me you have the wrong strategy. Okay, so we're gonna do one more. If you guys don't have any questions for me, this is a simple one. I didn't write it in the chat and then we're gonna close it out. So you guys are gonna to have to bear with me because this is audio. Sublimation can be seen in A, cooking, B, woodworking, C, football, D, all of the above. Now, this is a simple defense, um, ego defense mechanism one. I'm gonna repeat it again. Sublimation can be seen in A, cooking, B, woodworking, C, football, D, all of the above. All right, so let's start with A, cooking. Is that sublimation? Yes or no? Yeah. You said cooking? Yes. No, don't at all. It's football. I was going to say, keep, you said football or cooking. I'm right. So I'll start with A. We're going to start with one at a time. Sublimation is cooking one of them. Yes. No. Uh, yes. No. So y'all disagree. So I'm going to leave A. B, woodworking. Is that sublimation? Um, yes. Okay. C, football. Is that sublimation? Yes. Yes. All right, A, B, and C are all sublimation. So D, all of the above would be all correct. Yes. And the reason why is you're take cooking and woodworking football. <laughs> Someone well, I, I is using, D, so. <laughs> yeah, D is all of the above. So sublimation is taking an unacceptable impulse and turning it into an acceptable one. So football, if, uh, cooking can be looked at as sublimation for people that, you know, like sharp things, like cutting stuff. You know, for some people, they may have unacceptable impulses. Um, I knew somebody I used to work with um, in a prison system that he loved cooking because he was a murderer. He liked cutting meat. It was weird, but this is just what he did, um, whatever. But in a way to deal with that unacceptable impulse, you know, um, he got into cooking he was a butcher, so, um, oh gosh, and he, even in that sense, but he was a butcher in terms of working working with meat in the prison, uh, which they allowed him to do under heavy security, um, but it allowed him to use those impulses in a different way. So I know that was a little graphic, but I'm sure it'll be something that you remember on the test uh, when it comes to woodworking, another physical activity. If they weren't doing woodworking with an ax or someone who was playing football, but if they didn't have football, where a sport where you have to physically damage the opponent, you know, in order to win, it's a very aggressive sport. People, some people, not all, that have those type of aggressive impulses. If they didn't have football, they'd probably be doing something else they shouldn't be doing, right? Or, you know, putting someone else's life in danger. So that is what sublimation is. It's taking an unacceptable impulse and turning it into a positive one, one that could be accepted by society. Okay, that is a concrete way to look at it. Um, hopefully you guys got a lot of this session. Oh yeah, she's, Selena said waterboard. Yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. Yes, that is definitely a good one. Okay, well, I hope this was helpful to you guys today. Sorry, I have to cut it short. I gotta get ready to go. Um, but again, it's always a pleasure to have you guys. Uh, for those of you that are new, thank you so much for coming in. 
as well. And I hope to see you guys soon. All right. And yeah, hit me up during the week if you need my support or help in some way, or just to kind of talk through what you're doing so I can get you out of this room. All right. <laughs> you guys take care. I have, uh, I'll be in session until about nine o'clock tonight. So I got to go. All right, guys, have a good night. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.